Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I am excited this week to have Chris Ross join me for an awesome interview. Chris is the founder of Chris Ross Companies, co-founder of Winjack and the TCR Consulting Agency. He is host of an awesome podcast called The Win-Win Effect, which he was kind enough to have me on a few weeks ago. Um, he's just a sales stud. That is why I wanted to have Chris on the Bullpen Session podcast. Get this, his companies have been producing north of a million dollars in sales a month for the past three years. That is ridiculous. I also wanted to Chris on because he's a sports guy. He's a diehard Clemson fan. He's a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. So we talk about Clemson football and Braves baseball as well. Now, here's where we dive into in this episode. We talk about what it requires, what is required in 2020 and beyond to excel in sales. We talk about becoming 1% better every single day. Chris dives into what the heck it means to have a competitive advantage. Everybody wants to talk about that, but what does that actually mean? And most importantly, Chris dives into what it takes to become the top 1% in sales. And so I just love this guy. His energy is infectious. He's hailing from the country or the city of London. We do this episode while he is sitting in his humble abode, his sweet pad in London. And that's why uh, I love talking to people around the world about what they're doing. But he is also an expat. He is an American living over in London. So he's doing some great things in the sales world. He's had unbelievable success in the arena of sales. And I wanted to bring him to you today because if you're out there right now and your job requires you to sell something to get paid, let's face it, it's been a tough year. Nothing's going to change in 2021, but you can use the words here from Chris to really help you get going on creating a different path and, and a completely different level of success that you thought imaginable. So grab your piece of paper, grab your pen. You know what happens, man. Start taking notes. You're going to love this episode. Here we go. Here's today's episode with Chris Ross. Shift your mindset. All right, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I'm excited for this one because I was recently on this gentleman's podcast, uh, The Win-Win Effect, and I'm just super excited to bring him to you because sales is his game. And Chris Ross, with your expertise in the, in the world of sales, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation. So thank you for joining the Bullpen, uh, Bullpen Sessions podcast today. I'm honored and pleasure, man. I look forward to this, you know, conversation. If this ain't like all the other conversations we had, I'm sure it's going to be jam-packed full of you know, yeah, <laughs> information is, for your listeners, for sure. I, I was going to say, if you're listening in right now, do yourself a pay, uh, favor. I know I always say grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, but if you sell anything right now, you're going to want to listen to the next 40, 45 minutes here. This is going to be game-changing for you. So, Chris, let's start, you know, your CEO, co-founder right now of Winject, which I love the, the, the concept behind the name. You are injecting a winning mindset into corporations, into their sales, their marketing, their operations. But for the folks out there right now who are listening in and go, who in the world is Chris Ross? Why don't you, why don't you give us a little background <laughs> right, and tell yeah, us your story um, a little bit? Uh, that's a really good question, and it's sometimes hard to 
communicate who I am today and who I'm trying to become in each and every day. And we can kind of go into all that type of stuff. But I'm a guy that comes from Charleston, South Carolina originally. Um, raised with, you know, some very strong people, my parents and, you know, grandparents and whatnot and cousins and had a really good community. We didn't have a lot of coin, didn't have a lot, we weren't in a good financial situation, but all the things that I, I guess you would say, learned throughout my younger years were molding me on my future success. And went to the military after my older sister passed away. I was fi- about turned 15 years old. She passed away when I was 16. She was born handicapped. And it's kind of complications, you know, obviously when my mom was having her. And I watched my dad had to make a lot of sacrifices during that time because she was almost supposed to live till she was four. And, of course, my parents, you know, they didn't afford. It wasn't really good health care back, back in those days. So he had to work two to three jobs sometimes to provide for his family. And that's where I get my crazy ass work. I think I'm not scared of hard work. Um, and mom going and beating cancer and eight back surgeries. So there's been a lot of hard times of me experiencing that. And then I played baseball like yourself, you know, granted I didn't go to the majors or anything, but I probably, if I had to put forth the right amount of effort and dedication towards something, there's nothing that I probably couldn't accomplish. Then again, I kind of like, sent me on this different trajectory in my life. Like I was, I guess you would say running away from pain when she passed away and I passed up small baseball scholarship, nothing huge, but I passed it up and said, I want to go into the military, went to the military and I picked the job that my um, grandfather, my mom's dad um, had, and it was SWIC and I drove a seal boats and I built special ops boats before nine 11 happened, did counter narcotics deployment. So I learned from great leaders. I just a great opportunity that I had. It was probably the best decision I ever made because it got me away from my surroundings and I was exposed to a lot of cultures from there. Went to, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. Right. So I got, I guess you would say made a sacrifice to be able to go to college. Back in those days, you had to go at least four year degree to make something of your life. You know? So Went there and I started off in, you know, different types of sales gigs. I was always good in sales just because I was a way of communicating. Um, I wouldn't say a persuasive type of individual, but I've studied all the old stuff, you know, the old techniques, which no longer work in today's marketplace. And I was very fortunate to be able to go into education around like 2008 Um, and been in education sales ever since then, Um, honed in on my craft, you know, went from. Um, just as a missions rep, went to a team lead, regional director of missions, one of the top recruiters in the nation. I actually spoke on a lot of stages in Vegas, sort of rubbing elbows with the creme de crop and when it comes to education and lead gen. So I know like these big name people, you're talking about lead generation. This is back way before, like right before the big, huge boom on social media. And when that took off, that's where all these lead gen people went to like online marketing type of world. So I kind of you know, did very well for myself financially, made about 130 a year, which is phenomenal when it comes based on what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. But I always knew that there was something else out there for me. And so I took my talents and went online and, and went international and I taught how to ethically enroll people into programs that for them to really succeed in life or whatever benefit from your product or service or good. So I align those two processes with in tying in the accreditation. That's my specialty. Went to that and went back to trade school, came out of it. And 
you know, you're looking at seven to eight different types of figures later in multiple different revenue streams. I was good at what I did, but I knew that I could be great. And I had to put myself in a situation where I was forced to be great. And I, we can go into that and pulling from my competitive advantage and dedication. And man, it's, I'm telling you, man, if anybody's listening, I know it was a long-winded answer, but I'm a guy that makes an impact in companies, corporations, or individuals. That's what I do for a living. I make an impact with people. I'm there to change their life. If they're willing and able to put forth that effort and be adaptable to, have, be adaptable to change. Because most people say they want change. But do they really want it? Do the actions meet those, you know, expectation, whatever? So that's what I do is I make an impact with anybody that I talk to. I don't care if it's at Starbucks or we're sitting in a board meeting. I'm there to make an impact and a lifelong impact if they're willing and be receptive to what I have to say. So let me ask you that. There's so many things we can unpack from that that story, that journey you've taken from childhood to where you are today, but you finished with impact. I want to go right there because I'll admit that's something I've struggled with in sales in the past, right? Is I think a lot of people in the sales profession are focused on the income and not the impact. And so let me ask you these two questions to you. What does impact mean? And how can someone, you know, who might be finding themselves leaning more towards, oh, sales means I can make this kind of money versus bringing the focus back to impact? What kind of advice would you give them there? That's a great question. And two-part answer, and I don't want to get too long-winded with this, but making an impact with your buyer. Let's, go, let's put it in one, the simplest form. So say, for instance, if you're a salesperson and you get a lead, and a lead is someone you have to call. When you get them on the phone and you have to do cold, you know, cold calling, whatever the situation is, whatever the process is for you, when I get people on the phone or I get someone face-to-face -face encounter, whatever the situation, I'm going to ask them really detailed questions and I'm, it's a good chance I'm going to ask a lot of other questions that 99.9% .9 of salespeople aren't going to ask. Why? It's because I'm looking for the barriers of entry. I'm looking for information sometimes maybe they're not telling me and I'm going to ask the who what when why how questions and these questions lead me to diagnostic questions are going to lead me to finding the core and the root of potential problems because there's in nine times out of ten in this type of world that we're living in right now people say they want to be successful and they need this product I ask questions why do you feel that you need that product Nine times, I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, it's not even that product they actually need. They want the product. They don't need that product just yet because there's different levels to this. And it comes from my education background because it takes a really skilled individual to be able to get someone on a phone or in face-to-face in -face with someone and really properly qualify them for whatever they're enrolling them into or selling them. I, I want them to I get them on the phone and I get them in a situation where they have to sell me. Why should I allow you to do this? I reverse the table. I take it away from them. You no longer have the ability or the freedom to buy what I'm selling you because it's not available yet. And how I go about doing that is I learned how in education, because you don't make commissions in education because it's fast fizz and all these other stuff. I learned at that time, you get paid or you get ranked on whatever the situation is and whatever the company, I make money off of the impact that I have on others rather than as in the commissions. So I learned it opposite that a lot of salespeople don't have an opportunity. They start off in a field that are all commission-based 
are 100% commission-based, they have to sell. Well, I don't have commission breath when I get people on the phone. I'm looking for a quality buyer, a quality. And how I go about doing that is I really qualify you. Like, Andy, like, what, what are some of the decisions and choices that led you to your situation right now? And I want to see where they run to. Then I'm going to start poking holes in our human behavior and some triggers, and I'm going to push these buttons until I see them react in some type of way. Then I know the problem. Here's, here's what I observe. Here's where, here's where I come into play with this decision-making process. Let me tell you a little bit more in depth on what I do for a living. And that's how you make an impact. Because what I just shared with them is a couple different ways of them understanding my true intentions. I'm not enrolling you into this program for this product and service or good or you getting fulfillment from it. I'm enrolling you for the intention of this product or service or good to increase your quality of life in the next three to five to 10 years as a stepping stone. That's how I'm selling through people to their whole networks because now it's how I made them feel. And how I made them feel increases their quality of life and maybe just make an impact with the communities or family, whatever that might be. They're seeing that impact and they're going to go, I got somebody just for you. I s referrals all day long. <laughs> if you're really good at what you do, if you're, I'm gonna put, let me rephrase that. If you're great at what you do, you don't have to tell people you're great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true, especially with social media, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what, I love what you just said there because I feel like if you are focused on the commission, the compensation, you invariably think you're all things to all people, right? You, you don't care who they are, where they come from, you're going to sell. And I teach this so, so diligently to insurance brokers. Guys, you can't be all things to all people. What you just said, you literally have to flip the script on them and see if they're a fit for what you do. Don't go out and beg for their business and, and just think you can serve everybody. You can't. Have them beg you. I, I'm telling you, man, there's times I get, I've had people get on the phone with me and then I completely flip it in about 15 seconds and I go, whoa, I didn't expect this conversation to happen. I'm like, well, the reason why we're having this conversation, cause I'm looking for X, Y, Z. Can you fit these requirements? If you can, great. I'm not saying you have to meet or exceed these requirements. I'm saying this is my standard. In order for you to get this, you're going to have to come up to my standards. Because I don't work with people that tell me they want to do things, but their actions don't meet that, those, those words. So if you want my help, I will help you. But you're going to have to put forth the effort and have the right attitude. Because yeah. those are two requirements that I have people say back to me that they agree, right? It's a mutual agreement that they're willing to put forth the effort and have the right attitude. Everything else, I can, I can help mold. Yeah, no, that's so true. So true because um, – I can coach you all day long if, if you don't take the action. Any, any money you what might am I, put down I'm not is good a waste for you. of money. Yeah, you're, yeah, wasted, you're wasting you. your money. So we could nerd out all day right now about sales. I want to go back quick before we jump back sure. into this because I love hearing and knowing about people's story. You said something early on when you were describing your journey that after your sister died, you, you decided to run away from pain. Mm -hmm. and, and in doing so, you joined the military. You joined the Navy which I think a lot of people, maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of people be like, wait, wait, you, you wanted to run away from pain, yet you decided right, to yeah, join yeah. the military. What was your motive? I mean, you had a baseball scholarship. Uh, what, yeah. uh, if I can ask, what college? Um, it's Charleston Southern. Charleston uh, really Southern, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
good division. I guarantee it was damn good division one baseball down right. there. We um, they were looking, we had a couple conversations. I was actually a little bit more into football at the time playing, okay. you know, football. And I was, of course I was good in baseball, but I wasn't putting forth all the effort into sports anymore. I lost, I lost something during that time when she passed away yeah. and I wasn't, I just didn't care anymore. Yeah, I, I was, you know, natural talent and just ability and, you know, obviously preparation. I mean, I've done it for a whole, my whole life up until that point, but I lost that spark, man. I just mm -hmm. was, I, what didn't interest me anymore as much. I mean, I was more into girls and having a good time <laughs> rather than, you know, putting forth that extra effort is going to really take you to that next level. Yeah. And I didn't see myself not just playing, you know, I didn't even see myself starting at that time in college. I was like, well, if I'm, I'm always been the kind of person, if I'm not, if I'm not going to, if I can't put forth a hundred percent, then I'm not going to do it. And it just comes from my way of thinking and the way that I was raised, I guess. My no, that's, hey, that's called self-awareness, right? And um, for those who have, who have looked at uh, Chris's profile, you'll see that he finishes degree at Clemson. So yes. you, you have a lot to root for these days if you're a football fan. <laughs> yes. By the way, my question is, are they ever going to lose a game again? Um, uh, no. Or, or are, are they ever going to win a game by less than 21 points this season? That's the real question. <laughs> uh, we got Notre Dame coming up, and they got a pretty good squad. So, I mean, I don't think that – I here's, here's the thing, and I think this comes – it just applies to business as well. And, and that's one thing that, you know, we really get along well with is that we have an ID – well, ideal understanding that you can take all the things you learn in sports and transfer those mm -hmm. over into business 100%. Clemson – won't lose a game, they'll beat themselves hmm. because they're true on who they are and their core values. And I say the same thing to an individual. And I look back at some of my losses in life where I've really failed or come up short. It was my interactions or actions on decisions and choices, and I've ended up beating myself. I put myself in that situation. You have to 100% live and die by your choices and decisions. 100%. And take full accountability of your life. No one, can I curse on this podcast? Yeah, go ahead. No one in life is coming to fucking save you. No one. When you realize that, it's going to become easier for you. You, you're, you have to live with the repercussions, good or bad. Like I, I did, a, I think I mentioned, I was blown away by the results because I, now I know that I'm nuts. <laughs> did one of those Colby tests. And you're like, yeah, you got top, you know, well, not top, but um. 5% of the world scores what you scored. And I was a 100% course entrepreneur, like taking action. But I learned a lot of things on, on the way that I communicate with others and bridging the gap. I could take anything that I learned from in life and explain it in a way to fit what you need from me. They're like, oh, that makes more sense now because I'm using analogies. When it's uncomfortable, I'll use my humor. I'm just all about connecting with others. And if you connect with others, you can drive people to do anything you want them to do. But that's where the moral obligation comes in and doing things the ethical way. So, and I've even learned that in the military of around great leaders is taking a step back and like, who's the next one up? If I got shot, who's the next one up? You got to train your staff, train, train your staff to bridge the gap the gaps that you, maybe some weaknesses potentially that you have, you can outsource those types of things. I learned that early on in entrepreneurship. You talk, the, talk about the top 1%. I was actively the top 1% of salespeople in the world for over four and a five, about five year span. 
top 1%, when I learned how to think like an entrepreneur and really believe in abundance, that was a huge shift for me. Now I'm going to build corporations and doing all the things that I'm doing now. I'm just, all I've done is just be like, okay, there's no more challenges right now for this. I need, I need a new challenge. I need challenges. And a lot of people, they're scared to be challenged because they're scared to lose. Yeah. No, and, and you, what you said about sports and, and how it transitions into life and business is, is so true because whether it's in sports or business, it's 80% mindset, 20% skill. Mm-hmm. You know, you just talked about, you shared there how the military impacted you um, and what you do to um, how the impact it's had on your sales career. Mm-hmm. What you said, though, I want to go, I want to unpack for a second. Somebody who said, you talked about being the entrepreneur. I feel like if anybody's in sales, whether they're, they own their own business or they're a W-2 employee, you're yeah. an intrapreneur in some way, shape, or form. So what are some of those mindset shifts, Chris, that you would give people, tell people they, sh- they need to make if you really, truly want to make an impact on your, bottom, your own bottom line and the impact on others in, in a sales position? Right. You are in a great situation. Say for instance, you are a W2 employee or you make commissions in some type of way. I've always said that, and I've even have meetings on my calendar. If I can share the screen, if I, I would, but even on my calendar, it talks about book of business. Your book of business is your business. Just because you're working underneath someone else's umbrella or inside of a structure or corporate, it doesn't matter if you make money, if that's your job, your job is your business. Treat your job as it's your business, you will end up running a business one day. But if you treat your job like a job, you're always going to be working for someone else. Always. And I'll prove it to you. When I went into online education and I started, you know, consulting with these companies, corporations, I didn't do it as as a huge company. I built the corporation through time because I was outsourcing. And now I have a you know, major corporation, which I pinched myself. I'm like, how in the hell did I accomplish this? But then again, I know, hard work and dedication. I learned, I was just, I was a sponge, man. I've just been a sponge my whole career. Like, that doesn't work for me, that works for me. That doesn't work for me, that, that works for me. I'm an innovator. Like, I'm not going to sit down and go, all right, this is the way that we do things. I'm not going to follow that protocol to the T. I'm going to see what I can debunk, what I can improve, what can I, how can I make it my own? How can I be 100% authentic? That's one of my core values. I'm the same cat that you'll see in a mall, that you'll see in a boardroom, or you'll see whatever on this podcast, just trying to communicate to your listeners that be where you are right now and own your past so you can create your future. Own your past, realign yourself, Figure out where you failed in life and then rewire yourself and then really take some time to go, all right, this is my book of business. These limiting beliefs that I've had, I've had to rewire this. I'm going to make an impact with this you know, company, corporation, individual, whatever that might be for you and take advantage of being, of having that safety net underneath you. Once you, and I'm telling you, and then you start exceeding expectations, blowing people out the water. There were times, Andy, like... <laughs> I was beating people by a million dollars a month in revenue. They were enrolling, what, what, 400 something thousand, 500 something thousand a month. I was doing 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, these type of numbers. And they go, how are you doing this? It's not about how I'm doing this. It's why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for my next gig, 
my, you know, I was, I started my business as an entrepreneur. I started my business through that and sort of building, I was filling gaps in the marketplace. Yeah. This is what a company needs for me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to learn it. I'll outsource it. I would set meetings with people in, in, in IT and I don't know nothing about this stuff. And I would set up a meeting and I just want to know how they built their business and what they was. And if there's anything I can do for them later on, I would never take action on it because I was just there to observe. I've learned, I'm just telling you, man, I, if you just pay attention to your surroundings as an entrepreneur, pay attention, the structure is laid out for you right there. But you're just going to have to take action. Yeah. I believed in my mind I was a top enroller in a nation because the history is proven I was. So when I was out enrolling people like that, I'm like, well, how can I really challenge myself? I want to challenge myself more because it was never about the money for me. That was just a great part. But where I failed and had some of my shortcomings, that identity of being successful, I got tied into and what I did for a living and had a really shitty personal life. But I had to take a real hard look at myself. What are some of, what are some of the choices and decisions? I'm going to keep leaning back on this because you are in control. And salespeople say, well, I don't control this. I don't control that. I don't control. One thing you can control is what you say to a buyer and what you mean by what you're saying. If you can make an impact that way, I mean, you, can, you can't control anything else, but you can control your communication. Yeah. And I with this positioning, I mean, I was never... I never like told someone who I was and what I do for the company. I showed them through action and then they treat you that way. Well, and (laughs) again, this is why I told people to be taking notes today because (laughs) what you just said for the last two minutes, I mean, I I went, my head went nine different places because I hear all the time in sales, Chris, when I talk to brokers in the insurance world about opportunities they have coming up. What's the first thing they say about the opportunity is, oh, this is a $40,000 revenue account. This is a $100,000 revenue. They don't talk about why they're doing it. They just focus on how much they can make or how much their company can make. And then you said, you know, the whole transition from working for somebody and then becoming that entrepreneur or that entrepreneur you know, I think one of the toughest, hardest lessons I had to learn when I made that jump to my coaching business, this was the first time I was really an entrepreneur at age 41, was you have to own your shit, like you said. You, every failure, every action is on Amen. you. Even when you're exceeding expectations that way, I learn more from those situations on what people don't do and why they're producing those shitty results. Absolutely. And, and the perspective there is this, as a W2 employee, this is my belief, you might screw up today, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're going home and it might be up to the company to deal with the mess. You're going to get a, You're still getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. When you're, no an, entrepreneur, when you're yeah. an entrepreneur, you screw up. That's on you. That might impact right. your income immediately. You have to be able to own that. Now, here's the thing I love that you said about this. That perspective shift of the why. You hear stories of entrepreneurs who take these, let's face it, shitty jobs. And you're like, why in the world would you do this when you know you're trying to build something so massive or so great? Mm -hmm. It's because they knew why they were taking this job. This job was the stepping stone. Maybe it was just the paycheck they needed to fund this opportunity. I look at everybody that's ever bought anything or ever enrolled or ever took my advice. They've been a part of my journey and funding my future. Yep. And I treat them that way and I communicate it. There's people that have been around me and then they've been a part of my journey 
from the beginning and they're looking at me now going, I am so proud that I know you. That's how you know you're making a huge impact. People that ask me to go to their weddings and stuff like that, you know, this is, you know, that's, that's a relationship now. Mm-hmm. Because I've sold through them to hit their networks and I've, in, I've treated even the people, you know how they have referrals, right? They'll go, oh, that's an easy enrollment. I didn't treat it that way. I did the same bullshit. <laughs> I, did, I broke them down. I went through and I put forth even more effort because their reputation was on the line. So you mentioned insurance or real estate or whatever. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care if you're in IT. You are selling yourself. You're in sales. Every person on this planet right now has been, has been in sales. I just shine a light on it and let everyone know that what you've been doing. Yeah. That's and to your of, point. Oh, go ahead. No, some of you are good at it. Some of you are awful <laughs> because you have the outcome in mind that you're tied into. Yeah. Just have a conversation and try to get a mutual agreement. If you focus on just having a mutual agreement, establishing rapport, having a conversation, I mean, but put it this way. Some of the biggest moments in people's lives don't come from scripts and don't come from situations where they know the outcome. Like, what have you done? Like, you can talk about that in relationships, like a spouse. If you do the same things that you did at the beginning of that relationship to win their love, and if you did it all the way throughout, there's a good chance that relationship isn't going to end. But you have to prove it. Yeah. Right? And, I and think- that's done by action. I think the impact you talk about there just became really clear for me is if you ask a lot of people, what's the impact, they might immediately go to well, created a, a, a cash flow stream to my company. But what you said was, no, the impact you're making is if you can change somebody's life, life and, and make them a better person based off of what you sold them, whether that's a product or your coaching services, I don't, your consulting services, that's what it's all about, man. Right. Have- it doesn't take a lot of time. A lot of people to say, well, I don't have enough time. They're going to hit me with that, that bullshit, right? I don't have enough time. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So if mm-hmm. you're passing time with me on the phone, I'm going to make the most of that time with you. I'm not going to talk about your dog named Steve or I'm not going to talk about all this stuff. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it, but that's not going to get you to the outcome faster. I'm going to have an impactful conversation with you. So you just signed up to come through and have a conversation with me. I'm not going to talk about why and, you know, the emotional shit. I ain't, no. Why are you here? What are you looking for? And then they'll tell me. And then sometimes they won't. Well, I need this. And I'm like, why do you think you need that? This, this, some people think that I'm playing a game with I'm not playing a games with you. I'm trying to get you to really tell me why you're here. That's a very offensive question. It's the most offensive question you can ever ask someone. Why did you do that? And nine times out of 10, they can't tell you. Yep. Lack of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, but they couldn't grade it back in the day. I've been dealing with emotional intelligence my whole life, but really started paying attention to it and studying the psychology and the biology behind the human mind, all that stuff, right? That's how I make an impact with others because I know what a human brain, I know how people take in the information. And I look for behavioral patterns mm-hmm. and I start reverse engineering things and I show people and shine a light on something. Hey, this is why you've been doing this. Talk to me about the impact that's made on your life negatively. What about positive? And I start, I, I have forcing them to tell me rather than me trying to tell them and solve the problem. I, I actually, I need to coin this. People pay me to solve their problems. 
Pretty simple. Sometimes it could be by could be with a product and service or good, a t-shirt. It could be just me opening their eyes. If I told you that that was the biggest problem that if you had in your life, Andy, and I told you that you can create and manifest a beautiful life, hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever success meant to you. And if I told you that I can help you get you there quicker, you would pay me anything. I take the money element completely out of it. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll build the program around that. Now I'm in a situation where I can do that. Right? Yeah. Before, I couldn't change all that. It was just a stepping stone. Yeah, I think too, especially in a sales process with a prospect, I think many in the profession of sales are too afraid to go too many layers deep. Mm -hmm. So to your point, you know, we've all been told address the pain, get to the pain. And you ask they one- they're not, equipped, they're not equipped not to cut you off. They're not equipped to deal with it. No, you're right. And you ask that, maybe you ask the one what's keeping you up at night question and then you move on versus really digging deep to your point and going four or five layers deep in that onion and going, why did you, why did you do that? What impact did it have on you? Why, why? And, and really getting to that core of that problem that you have built an empire around. Solving. Only when it's getting you to the outcome. A lot of, when you talk about like, you know, addressing the pain and then yeah. living in it and dealing with it, it's it, only when it's going to get them or getting us to that outcome. You need to, at the very beginning, what is the desired outcome that you're seeking? Okay, here's a desired outcome for myself as the person of influence for you, your connection or whatever that might be. That's my desired outcome. What if that we're able, if I was able to get you here and I was able to get you here and we can come to a mutual agreement that that's the outcome that we're searching for. Even if we get beyond that, great, that's a win. But that's a, it's the, my standard is a win-win. That's why the win-win effect started. People, someone asked me, like, why did you name it that? And, well, my ex and I, we were having a conversation. Like, what would you name? What do you, if you had to explain what you do for a living, it's like I make an impact on others. I'm making, a, it's obviously cause and effect world we live in. And it has to be a win-win. Everyone's going to win. And that's where it come from. Okay. So, it's everything that I do for a living, everything I'm about, everything in my personal life. It's I'm not going to do it unless it's going to get me to the outcome that I'm searching for that day. And I need to know where you're, what your intentions are. Stating your intention is pretty clear. When, they, when a salesperson gets on the phone, yeah, I'm here to help you. I'm here to do this. But none of your actions meet those. You just ruined yourself. You're, you could have been a top enroller in a nation and in a world. And if you're not proving it through your action, they know you're full of shit. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go right there. With, okay. Let's let's get super tactical on a couple things. Sure. So let's face it. Uh, I'm you and excited. I are, you and I are talking about tactical stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Woo! let's get it. <laughs> you, we're here at late October 2020. For a lot of sales professionals, they are way behind their goal, right? And because of COVID, the lockdown, whatever it is. And so I hear a lot of them have, you know, so many have given up on the year already. Oh, I'm just getting prepared for you know a good 2021. It's an excuse. That's exactly. If somebody is listening in right there and going, yeah, that's me. I am way behind my goal right now that I had set for myself in January. What are some tactical things, Chris, they could be doing to get some momentum back? One, get organized. I was horrible growing up. I mean, I got stories and I don't want to go into the left field here playing football, right? So I, if my mom tells a really good story when I was in school that I would take homework and just ball it up and stick it in my book bag and I would get in trouble and she would pull all this shit out, right? I, I didn't like homework. I didn't, it didn't interest me, right? It's about discovering your passion. Like, what are you passionate about doing for a living right now? 
Are you passionate about what you do? That's the biggest thing. Are you making an impact? If not, what can you do to make that impact? And that takes you to be organized in what your daily operations are. A lot of people, they focus on their task and their daily assignments or whatever that is, and it doesn't excite them. How can you make it exciting for you? Learn to love the process and fall in love with that process. I am very methodical, but then again, I'm very systematic when it comes to small little tasks. Not I love these tasks. I hate all that shit. I hate spreadsheets. I hate all that stuff. Why do I need spreadsheets? Because it's essential for me to hit my goal of maximizing my ability. So I need to be organized. So me getting organized and figuring out where can I make an impact what do I need to debunk and get out there because it's, it's not serving me well? I'm a kind of a person where like following a presentation word for word, I'm dyslexic. So it's not going to really excite me and it's not going to get me to the outcome. You give me a bullet point and give me a brief description. I'll go on for an hour and a half talking about that topic and probably end up talking about 20 other things because that's what excites me is communicating and really communicating passionately my mission. And what I'm trying to accomplish, my objectives, whatever that is. So my advice, one, get, or, get organized. Then ask yourself some really hard questions. Why do you do what you do? Then start peeling back the layers. So if that doesn't tie into your core values and what you do for a living and where you get your fulfillment from, I am plugged in all day. Like as I'm having a conversation, that's why I love podcasting so much. And results are instantaneous, sales. If I'm having a conversation with you and I'm noticing the impact that I'm leaving on you and making with you from what you're doing and you're expressing how I'm making an impact by some type of way, I'm now it's coming back into me and I'm recycling my energy because I'm plugged into that. That's where I get my fulfillment from not making money. It's making impact. That's how I'm, it's like an iPhone, whatever plugged into a source. I'm not going to lose energy. If you put me on some task or some things that I don't like to do, I'm draining now my energy. And most people spend a lot of their time on tasks. When you start investigating some of the things that you do every day, you'll start realizing that you're losing a lot of energy and a lot of time on the things you don't like to do. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, you're, what you just said about why you do what you do. When I coach my clients, one of the activities I walk them through is the effect, an effective way to plan your weeks. And the first question you must ask yourself ask every week is, why do you do what you do? Now, it may seem boring. Wait, every week? Yeah, because that one, week, that one week you sit down and you really can't answer that the way you did maybe two, three weeks ago. Maybe it's some time to do some self-reflecting. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your outcomes, right? So, so if, I, if I have to put another little piece on that for someone, and someone will be like, oh, that sounds really generic and really simple, okay? Well, I'm going to put it in your face right now, okay? So it's October 2020. You're already giving up on yourself because your mind's already quitting on the year and waving a white flag. Well, you can't plan for – what are you trying to plan? How are you planning for next year when your own skills that you can't freaking hack it right now? So what do you need to build? What do you need to do? How can you execute? So what is the outcome that you're looking for? Not a number. What is the outcome that you're looking for? True outcome and not the one that your VP or your boss or whatever is trying to get on you, right? What is your outcome? And then you start peeling back the layers on how you're going to get to that outcome from daily tasks and that's what you focus on. When you start seeing some type of growth and you moving that needle a little bit, then it's going to motivate you. 
Then by the time the first of the year happens, if you're doing it for the next 60 days, whatever days, how many days left in a year, then you're able to capitalize on all the opportunities that you're, you have been missing for, I don't know how many days in a year. Like ridiculous. People spin their wheels all day, Andy, on shit that they don't like to do. I don't do that because I know what, I know what my worth is. Yep. I'm not going to spend my time. And people, that's one thing I don't like is people to waste my time. That's one way to get me fired up because that lost time, I can't get that back. Yep. You take all the money I've ever made before, I just make it again. I'll keep making it. Because that's just what, that's my byproduct of getting the things I want in life because that's, I'm getting paid on my value, not by my time. Yeah. My value. Yeah. And, and enjoy, enjoy the boring shit every single day. Right. One, of the, one of my favorite quotes from the book, The One Thing, which if you haven't read it, please go do yourself a favor and read it, is the reason most people do not succeed is they cannot handle the monotony of success. It's boring most of the time. Mm-hmm. You got to find things that, it, okay, I mean, just, you, yes, 100%, 100% agree. That's why people win championship of a championship and they, and they lose that, right? I'm like, well, I lost the spark. They lost the spark because they, it's somewhere down the line. They're not challenging themselves. I'm not challenging my competition or winning champion. I'm challenging the person that I'm trying to leave my destiny, you know, leaving, leaving my impact, that's what I love about podcasting. It's always going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Some kid, Andy, I don't know when it's going to happen. And I probably never know when it's going to happen. Is going to quote me. It's going to be like Chris Ross once said, or that's why I'm doing what I do. This is the person that helped me. That's the impact, man. That's a currency that you can never trade. It's yeah. the highest form of, of currency. It's the highest form of communication or whatever, however you want to frame it and however you want to have a conversation and communicate it. But that's what I fight for. And that's why I keep pushing. And I'll talk about the competitive advantage real quick because my sister couldn't do it. She couldn't. That's why I get to do what I do for a living. She couldn't breathe. I watched her breathe through tubes. She couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She couldn't do all the things that we take for granted. She couldn't do it. Back in time, about eight years ago, I used to look at life and be like, why me? Why her? Why this? It should have been me. Bullshit, right? I shift that to what did I learn from this? Because I'm telling you right now, when people say when you pass over and they don't want to look at their future self and their creator, no, I don't want to look her in the face. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's the ultimate competitive advantage right there. When you know why the hell you're doing what you're doing, I don't think anybody can beat you. There's nothing out there, and when, especially when God's behind you or whatever your highest, whatever people believe, I'm not going to get into a spiritual talk. Yeah. When God's behind me, like, there's nothing going to stop me if I'm in my right frame of mind. Yeah. That's and why that- my dedication at 1%, it comes a lot of times that I spent, I spent alone on my own thoughts. Yeah. That used to be a scary freaking place <laughs> for me. It still is sometimes. <laughs> right? Let's be honest. Like I'm a little freaking, whoa, whoa. that's what entrepreneurs <laughs> are. We're freaking nuts. Yeah, you got to be out there a little bit. And that's so, where a lot of a lot of people when they get on this social media shit, they they get lost, man. Like, stop consuming so much. Yeah. Bullshit. Consume what's going to work for you and how can you make an impact? And then you go after that. Well, so let's I got two more questions for you, and then we'll sure. we'll wrap this up because I love this conversation. So on the topic of social media, when you started in sales, let's be honest, your number your top um 
avenues of prospecting were cold calling, pounding the pavement. You might've put an ad on a billboard or in the newspaper or on the radio, <laughs> yeah. right? A lot has changed. Marketing and sales go hand in hand. One leads to the other. Like what would you, what advice would you give somebody out there in sales today that's trying to gain attention? With, it's harder than ever to gain attention because there's so much noise, but it's never been easier because of the technology we have. What advice would you give somebody today about how do you gain the attention of your target audience? It comes from your heart. It's one thing in life you can never fake and that's passion. If you're passionate about what you do, you'll eventually find the answers. You'll eventually develop enough talent. Well, you can't develop talent, but you can develop skill. If that interests you and you got your passion about it, there's a good chance you're going to be good at it, okay? And how to separate yourself from good and great are very small little things that great people possess. And whatever that is, reverse engineering. Then look at it in a certain way and be like, okay, listen, what in, what in my life do I want to live and what I want to manifest, what I want to create? What, what about that life? And put yourself already there. Visualizing what you, the life that you want in the next 10 years will put yourself in that situation eventually because you need to feel it. I'm living in a penthouse in, in, in London. Not, I had a little bit more here at that time, but I didn't visualize a life that I live completely, but I always did visualize me being in a penthouse somewhere. Because it was never about the money and whatnot. All that shit comes, man. So don't worry about that stuff on social media. Just put forth the effort and have, and be adaptable to change. If it's not working, if it's not, if you're not, you're losing it a little bit, it's, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be you and being authentic. Don't be me. Don't be Andy. Don't be someone named Steve. Don't be them. Don't try to do what they're doing. Do what you want to do. And at that, it eventually you'll find, you'll find the answers, but it's going to take some time for you to really sit down and really go into your core values. And that's, and once you're plugged into that energy source, man, there's nothing going to stop you. Well, and I think if you're true to yourself and you put yourself out there every day and just be the real you, you really can never make a bad connection because the people who love that and resonate with that are the people you want in your life anyways. Right. You'll, you, you'll attract those people in your hey. life. So let's the finish with, oh, right. go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Like people like I'm having a call. I mean, I, I am a blessed individual. I am so blessed that I get to meet not just people that are aligned with me, people that I never thought I would ever have an opportunity to meet. And you think that I would get, I guess, in my own mind and be like, get a little weird. Like, oh my God, I'm, I'm here right now. No, I expect to meet these people. I expect to have conversations like this with you. I expect to do that because this is part of my life and this is why I made that decision. Like I live my life in a fishbowl now of taking myself from behind the scenes. I've been the guy behind the guy in the company that made shit happen for a very long time. Then I said, I need, I need a, a bigger challenge. That's where the podcast come from, my personal brand. Like I need a bigger challenge and I'm going to attack the rest of the world. And that, I made that decision. It all comes from here. Because I already believed in my mind I was the best in the game. I'm just now proving it. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's finish with two topics near and dear to my heart. I'm going to ask you a couple questions tied to sports and mindset. <laughs> All right. You, uh, uh, you, if people know who you are, you, they know you're an Atlanta Braves fan. And 
Huge, Dude, huge. What, what happened to them? Up 3-1 on the Dodgers. They had You're going to do the, that to me, right? On and they, they, had them, they had them on the rails, and, and, and then the rails came loose for the, the Braves. But here's the real, the real question. What lessons can we take from that from both dugouts? So what I mean by this is here you are, the Atlanta Braves. You have the, probably the most talented team in baseball on the fringe of elimination, up 3-1. Mm-hmm. What possibly went wrong with a team like the Braves to give up a 3-1 lead and vice versa in the other dugout when you are the LA Dodgers down 3-1 where's your mindset that allows you to come back and actually win that series four games to three great question and if if the Braves are listening to this or anybody that is attached to them and any connection I know you have a lot of connections you just play you know obviously major league baseball if you're listening to this you can sign me on as free consulting (laughs) and I'll tell you why they lost sight of the bigger picture. They, when they were playing game five, when they were up three games to one, when they were playing game five, they were living off their success in game four. We got a lead on them. We've already smoked freaking Kershaw. We've already done all this stuff, yada, 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 and they didn't stop looking ahead in the bigger outcome. Now they became a little bit more reactive. Okay, we'll win this. We'll do this. We'll do – that's, and that comes from a lack of experience of being there. Let's, let's flip that table a little bit and let's go with the Dodgers. These guys have more experience, they're deeper, and they understand situational baseball. Look what's happening right now in the World Series. They're understanding situational baseball. That's just the way it is. The only bad play they had that one night was they had a couple of dupe plays and put in situations. When they got put in that situation, they became unraveled because they weren't strategizing about the next two or three plays or two or three innings. They're being reactive. So if you want to beat the Dodgers, put them in a situation where they have to react and they'll, they'll lose. If you put them in a situation where they have to think about the bigger picture, they'll win. That's what happened with the Braves and the Dodgers. And I think, yeah, that the summary there was is, is super easy to digest because – don't revel on your recent wins. Continue to keep your eye on the prize. Continue to keep your eye on what the hell you're doing and why you're doing it. And on the vice versa, if you're not winning right now, as a lot aren't in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Have that veteran mindset of like, know the outcome. Know, know how great you are and just step into that and good things will happen. You've right. been here before. Use your experience. You'll win again. Right. And you got to let the game come to you. Yep. Right. And let, and let life come to you. Yes. Let life come to you. Don't always just, you know, yeah, of course, you, you live and die by this when a Gary Vee's like a hustle. and You get to hustle on the right things, though, man. Like, let life come to you and then break down some of the options that you have. What's the best course of action from this option? What's the worst thing that could potentially happen? And really take the time to measure and reassess all this stuff and then go after it. Notice I said, go after it. You've got to go. Then, then you can put forth that effort. A lot of people, they're being reactive. They're just reacting too quickly. I'm telling you, the best of the best, and I know we talked about sales, but the best of the best salespeople out there in the world, they might can be able to communicate and talk with a gif, a gab, or whatnot, and, but they're going to end up putting themselves in a tough situation. But the best of the best, no one to shut the hell up and listen. Yeah, that's amazing. Chris, this has been a joy, brother. Uh, thank you for coming on. I, I Thank you. Thank you. I, I know. I, I know if you're listening in, you don't have three, four pages of notes here. Wow. Um, Chris, what are the, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, follow you, get in contact, what are the best ways to do that? 
you yell at the window, Chris Ross. I like usually someone on my team will answer. It's chrisrossofficial.com. Um, there's been an issue with my verification and whatnot with Instagram. It would be just at Chris Ross, but a good way of always finding my staff is team Chris Ross. Um, and then that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm out there, man. Just go to the website, go whatever. Um, but make, you know, make sure that you tune in for the podcast. Um, we actually went number, th- we went number three in Apple all the last week, which was out- <laughs> just like blown me away blown me away in, in business. So I appreciate all the support, but the win-win effect, we're bringing on guests like Andy, his episode will be coming out. There's a lot of compelling stories that we're making those shifts with, you know, the podcast and whatnot. But other than that, man, I'm easy to find, man. That's awesome. Hey, you're listening in right now, man. Um, I hope your perspective on, on the future of what you're going to be doing as far as the sales profession goes is completely changed. I know it has for me, Chris, your point, your to the point um, personality and the way you just get right after it. I can't appreciate that enough. So guys out there, start taking action. Do not give up on 2021 or excuse me, 2020. You can't lay back and think you are hiding in the weeds and getting prepared for a better next year. You have to go hard every single day right now. If nothing else, create that momentum that's going to give you that massive 2021. So with that being said, Chris, thank you one more time. Uh, man, I'm, I'm blessed, man. Thank you. I'm very yeah. grateful as well. And for the friendship and looking forward to the future conversations. So if anybody's listening to this, make an impact. How can you make an impact? One second at a time. Boom. You change your life then. So yep. other than that, guys, y'all take care. Be safe out there. God bless. Keep moving. Keep growing. Keep learning. Let's go win, man. Let's go Absolutely. get it. Absolutely. Right? When clarity and confidence collide, guys, you know what happens. Action happens. Go make it happen today. Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor. Share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.